0: you're listening to the simple pen podcast peterist for business advice that goes down smooth and easy here's your host kate all hey everyone uh, this is kate all with Simple Pin Media. We're a Pinterest management company here based in Portland, Oregon, and we focus on working on people's Pinterest accounts and managing them for them so they can focus back on building their business. But as you know, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, I try to offer simple, actionable tips that people can use for their Pinterest marketing especially those who are just getting started out and don't have a budget, which is why I'm super excited about today's episode. We're gonna be talking about how to take Pinterest-friendly photos with your iPhone. And I have met Chaitra, who is the creative geek behind Pink Pot, which is a design and photography studio for creative entrepreneurs. And I first heard about her in episode 44, when we were talking with Christy Hill and um, Krissa from Physical Kitchenists. And we're talking about her growth in a year. And as we were talking about the images and what you can do for Pinterest, um, Chitra's course came up and she has a course about how to use your iPhone to take high quality photos. So I wanted to have her on the show today and she's here with us. And we're going to go through all of the history of how she created this course, who she is. And I'm just excited to introduce her to you. So welcome to the show, Tritra. How are you?
1: I'm good. I'm good, Kate. Thank you so much for having me. You
0: bet. And I want to tell everyone too that we got a chance to meet at Snap, which yes. was in April. And that was really fun because I feel like this is how this kind of came about was through that conversation. Exactly. Because Christy had mentioned that course. And the more I thought about it, the more I thought, hey, that's a really unique thing to think about. Instead of spending all this money on this super fancy camera, people (laughs) often have this amazing camera in their hand. Right. So I'd love to hear a little bit of history um, about you and how you started Pinkpot and then how that evolved into your realization of using the iPhone to take great photos.
1: Yeah, for sure. So I started PinkPod as a lifestyle blog around two, three years ago. And eventually I realized that I was more interested in the design and photography aspects of the whole blogging thing. So uh, around the same time, I started an Etsy shop to sell blogger templates to you know, bloggers and other entrepreneurs who were starting out their sites as well. So the Etsy shop took off and I quit my corporate job because the Etsy shop was doing pretty well. It was providing me with a consistent income. So I quit my job and I started Pinkpot Studio, uh, you know, as a design studio to help uh, creative entrepreneurs and bloggers build their online presence through their websites and stuff like that. Uh, But on the way, like I said, photography developed as a passion through blogging. And I started creating stock photos for free uh, just to help other bloggers um, who were blogging as well. Um, So as that developed, I started sharing photography tips and, you know, tutorials and those kind of things on my blog. And the photography thing started taking off uh, much faster than I expected. So now my studio is just as much photography centric as much as it is design centric. So now I help creative entrepreneurs build a really strong visual impact, uh, visual brand online uh, with the help of high quality photography and design. Um, So as I was doing this, uh, you know, photography thing, I was using DSLR for most of the part and I never really thought the iPhone could do, you know, some really stellar professional photography. I don't know if you remember, Kate, but I think like two, three years ago when you would, you know, just drive up, you would see all these huge billboards um, with this big, uh, you know, r- awesome iPhone photos and there was yes. there used to be this caption said shot on iPhone 6 and those photos would look so, so, so awesome. Like it was just unbe- uh, unbelievable just to even think that, you know, that was shot on the iPhone. Do you remember those photos? Yeah, I do.
0: I even remember the commercials. Like, and I at the time had an Android phone uh-huh. and I thought, oh man, like I kind of want an iPhone. I mean, the marketing was genius because it really made me want it.
1: Yeah. And I was seeing the power of DSLR photos, of course, because I was shooting with it. And I always used to look at these billboards and I'm like, really, you know, is iPhone really capable of doing this? Uh, But then once what happened, I was doing this photo shoot and, um, you know, I had just one hour to get going with that photo shoot and my DSLR gave up on me. Uh, Something happened. I think the battery died or something. I, I just was left with my iPhone. So I had to do the photo shoot with my iPhone and I ended up doing it. And guess what, the photos just came out so beautifully. And I literally couldn't tell the difference between the DSLR photos and the iPhone photos. And that's when I'm like, oh, maybe those billboards are really good. And then I started, you know, looking deeper into iPhone photography, started taking more photos with it. And eventually I, I was like, if you know the right techniques, it's not the tool, but it's the techniques which matter when it comes to photography or even in most of the other things as well. More than the tool, it's the technique which matters. So I feel like if you know the right techniques, You can do stunning photography with your iPhone. Yeah. And that's how I came upon it. And now I have a course which teaches uh, how to do iPhone photography.
0: I love that accidental find that it wasn't something that you're like, I'm going to test this, but it was, I don't have any other option. So I guess we're going to use
1: this. Yes, yes, exactly. Exactly.
0: So um, let's start back super basic because some people will come to me and they will think about marketing on Pinterest and they are just thinking like, I want to get on there. Like, let's just get our stuff up there. And they'll just ready to like slap up anything on the wall they can. Right. Right. But I always tell them like, you need to have good photos. And they kind of stop and go, why does it even matter? Because like, I mean, I kind of need okay photos for Facebook. I kind of need okay photos for Twitter, and I know I need good photos for Instagram, but why Pinterest? So what would you tell people if they said, why does it even matter if we have good photos on Pinterest?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, in the recent times, if you've observed, like you said, um, I think visual content marketing platforms are on the rise, whether you take Pinterest, Instagram, Levin, I think visuals are like the trend now, like going forward. And um, specifically, I think that is because I think the human brain is just uh, more attracted to visuals. Uh, I heard once that w- the human brain processes a visual 60,000 times faster than text. Wow. Uh, Yeah, so and obviously, right? instead of reading an article, which is like 1500, you know, words long, so many times visuals are just so much more attractive than text to us. So specifically talking about Pinterest, when you log in, and you see that Pinterest feed, you see like 1000s and 1000s of images competing with each other to grab your attention. It's like Pinterest is oversaturated, I'd say today. What do you think? I mean, it's like all brands are trying to make their mark on Pinterest, trying to gain their Mm -hmm. audience on Pinterest. And if you don't have... A photo that is going to stand out amidst that big sea of pictures, then how are you going to get noticed? If you're going to have an okay, okay picture, then it's going to just blend in with the sea of pictures and just get lost in the whole feed, right? Right. So I feel like if you want to stand out and grab the attention of your audience, then it's really important to have high quality, attractive, really appealing pictures on Pinterest. Which I think this
0: then leads into a good topic is the stock photo versus your own photo. Like I know you you provided people with these stock photos, but there's also those big stock photo sites. So is there an advantage in this kind of oversaturated space of using a stock photo versus your own photo?
1: Yeah, so I always tell people I'm not against stock photos. In fact, like you said, I provide free stock photos on my site for other bloggers to use on their blogs. Uh, But that said, there is, uh, you know, there are a few disadvantages that come with using stock photos. So first of all, stock photos are really generic. So if it's available to you, then it's available to everybody else because it's free or sometimes even if it's paid is just on a general platform which is accessible to everybody and every brand so when you come on Pinterest say you created a blog post graphic with this free stock photo or an even paid stock photo and there are five or ten other brands on the same page with mm. the same um, you know photo or graphic and so then how do you stand out it again it makes your brand look like everybody else's you know And the whole point, like we discussed before, is using high quality photos helps you stand out and, you know, look unique. But then again, using stock photos just defeats that whole point because, you know, it makes your brand look like just everybody else's. So that is one thing I feel like stock photos kind of you know, that's a little bit of a disadvantage with stock photos. And the second thing is stock photos are again, not customizable, right? They're, they're created by somebody else. It's not unique and customized or tailored to your brand per se. So, you know, again, it does not make your brand unique. It just blends with everybody else's. There's no way to stand out when you use stock photos.
0: Right. Right. Good point. Okay. So the person listening is like, this is awesome. I've got an iPhone. I can get started. I'm going to head in. What would you say um, before they charge in? What are some mistakes that you see people make who just start snapping pictures with their iPhones? And then go into maybe um, what are some things that you would tell them to start with? Like, Mm -hmm. don't do this. Let's go here kind of analogy.
1: Right. So I think the first thing is lighting, whether you're shooting with your iPhone or DSLR. I think lighting is like the most important thing when it comes to any photo. So many times I see people start with like really poor lighting and that, you know, kind of, you know, even while starting out, just the photo just goes bad immediately because the lighting is not good. Then no matter how good your props are, your background is, the photo is just not going to come out well, so the first thing is to make sure that you have good lighting. Um, while you're shooting indoors, for example, um, just switch off all the lights in your house because that can create a color cast on your photos. Mm, okay. Yeah, because if you're shooting under blue light or yellow light, you know, in from these tube lights or bulbs and these kind of things, it just creates that color cast on your photos from, the, from that kind of light. So instead, just opt in for natural lighting. Mm-hmm. So I always uh, suggest using natural light because it's free (laughs) and it's so beautiful and that fresh natural look that it provides your photos, it's just very hard to replicate with any kind of artificial lighting.
0: So um, that's what I was going to ask you. Is there, let's say you're a person who you're, especially if you're starting out, you can only, you're working full-time during the day Mm -hmm. and you can only take your pictures at at night. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that you would recommend that is good for replicating natural light at night? Is there anything out there? And we can link to all these things in the show notes too.
1: Yes, exactly. So I'll provide a link to this kind of, uh, there's an artificial light setup which totally imitates, you know, kind of tries its best to imitate natural light and the photos come out pretty good. So I'll make sure to link that, you know, set up artificial lighting setup, um, and yeah, hopefully that will help people who are working during the day. Uh, but otherwise, uh, if you're shooting during the daytime, I would say find the biggest window in your house and set up your scene right next to it. Because that way you can get a lot of natural light. And yeah, okay. that, that will provide that really fresh and amazing look to your photos.
0: Okay, so then what would be um, the next thing that we would need to get?
1: Yes. Um. So so that is one thing. Lighting is the first and most important thing. The second thing, one of the mi- big mistakes I see with people taking iPhone pictures is using Zoom. Kate, by any chance, do you use Zoom?
0: I, you know, I'm not the best camera taker ever. Like I consider myself like a once every 60 photos, like okay. it's, it's good luck. <laughs> but when I do use the Zoom, you're right. It's like super grainy. It doesn't look right.
1: Yeah, exactly. You got it. So whenever you use zoom, what happens is the iPhone camera doesn't use optical zoom, it uses digital zoom. And I'll explain that in just a bit. Uh, but what happens when you use digital zoom is that you get your photos become grainy, pixelated, kind of blurry. So your photos are better off when you're not using zoom, they're really high quality. Uh, But when you zoom in, it kind of starts reducing the quality. And that's because uh, the iPhone camera doesn't use optical zoom. In digital zoom, what happens is instead of actually zooming in, what the camera software does is it starts cropping the edges of the photo just to go in, you know, to that, just to give that zoomed in effect to your photo. So it's not actually zooming in, but it's actually just cropping out the edges of your photo. Yeah. Okay yeah and that totally reduces the quality of your photo right because it starts cutting out the pixels and at the edges and that means the resolution of your photo is going down and down as you zoom in mm, so okay. yeah so my suggestion would be to stay away from zoom instead just walk as close as you can to the subject zoom in with your feet as they say so just go close to your subject and shoot it instead of zooming in from far
0: Okay, got it. So, um then do you suggest like a tripod too because you know our hands move around and can probably create fuzziness, right? Right.
1: Yeah, tripod especially when you're shooting photos that have motion in them. So, let's say you're taking photos of trees that are like totally moving in the wind or leaves that are like totally getting ruffled or if somebody's running and you want to take photos of that. And anything with motion, I think tripod is really necessary. And also, if you have really shaky hands, because some of us do. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the beginning, I my hands used to really shake a lot when I was taking iPhone pictures. So uh, for so- For such kind of situations, I would totally recommend using a tripod. Again, I'll I'll link a kind of resource list for iPhone photography in the show notes so that you can get access to all these resources which you can use for your iPhone photos. But yeah, using tripod really helps. Uh, Another thing which I would recommend is using a reflector. So let's say it's a really cloudy day, uh, right? Like today in Seattle, it's pretty cloudy. Mm -hmm. Cloudy here too in Portland. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So and on such days, it's like oh my god, there's no sunlight. Oh, I can't shoot photos. Instead of that, you can use a reflector. So, what a reflector is, is basically you can, it's just a surface which bounces back the light onto the scene. So, you can use a foam board, like you can get a white foam board in Michaels or any craft store. It's just about a dollar or something. So, what you do is you place it. Uh, in the direction opposite to the direction of the light. So say the light is coming from the right side, you place your reflector on the left of your scene so that whatever light comes in falls on the reflector, it gets bounced back and falls on your scene, so the light in your scene increases. Okay, got it. Yeah.
0: Um, Another thing I heard too at um, Indulge, which is a food blogging conference, which I will never ever be a food blogger, nor will I ever take pictures, but I pick up on some things that they're learning. And somebody had said what you're wearing, too, will cast a color on this, which I didn't realize that.
1: Yes, exactly. It's like uh, the thing which I told you, right? Like that's why you need to switch off all these lights in your house because they bring in color cast with them. And yeah, uh, I remember I was wearing this really bright pink dress when I was shooting photos. And then when I went, you can't see these things, you know, on the... Viewfinder. As soon as you take the photo, uh, it's only when you take it to the editing phase on your computer. Like, oh my god, all my photos have this pink tinge, or you know, kind of pink color cast to them. And I'm like, really wondering what happened. What happened? What happened? I just couldn't get it. And then I realized, oh my god, it was the dress. So yeah, even these tiny little things really matter a lot while taking photos. These color casts and these Mm -hmm. kind of things. A reflector would really it works in a similar way, but it helps to increase the lighting in your scene. And it's just so affordable. You can get it off for $1 in you know, craft stores. So just get it and it that, that would be amazing for photos.
0: Good tip. Okay, so you um, fell in love with your iPhone and taking pictures that you ended up creating a course. And I love that because it's unique. It's not just about um, photography with the DSLR, but it's really using something that we have every single day in our hands. So what would you say has been the most impactful section of your course for people and maybe some aha moments that people have had?
1: Um, I think two most important things. Uh, first one is one of the sections talks about how you can unlock all these features on your iPhones, so you can transform it into a DSLR. So, yeah, many people think, okay, iPhone is good, but, you know, it's not comparable to a DSLR. And that's because you're probably not unlocking all these potential uh, features on your iPhone. So this section talks about how you can transform your iPhone into a DSLR and access manual controls on your iPhone, how to get that bokeh effect on your iPhone, like, you know, the dreamy background blur effect that you get in your photos on DSLR how you can replicate that on your iPhone so that section which talks about um, you know unlocking all these features is some of uh, is one of the most popular ones uh, from my course uh, my students are like I really didn't know all this was possible with my iPhone um, that is one of the sections and second most important section I would say is the styling because mm-hmm. um, Styling is what connects your photos with your audience. Like somebody scrolling down Pinterest, yes, there might be like 10 really high quality pictures, but there are only few that like really attract and connect with you. Um, That is because the styling in that photo is in a way that evokes emotion in you. Something connects... um, you with that photo. So styling is what comes into play for such thing in you know, in this matter. And styling is all about how you choose the right props and backgrounds for your photos, how you place, you know, the objects in your photos so you evoke emotion in your audience, and how you can use different angles to kind of take photos how to compose your shots. You know, there are a lot of principles that come into play while styling your photos. And I talk about all of this in the, you know, styling um, chapter of the course. So yeah, these two sections, I think by far are like really favorites, I'd say, of my uh, uh, students. Uh, But there are, again, other, um, you know, chapters which talk about uh, editing the photos, lighting, and these kind of things. Uh, But yeah, these two are, I think, the most important ones.
0: So let's take styling for a couple minutes to talk about that. Because I, I know as a person myself is that art styling does not come naturally. And also that connection of connecting that style to your brand. So if I, and truth be told, I didn't actually um, explore this too long, because it was not my skill set. Like, my skill set is definitely business building, leading a team. And if you give me, you know, styling, I'm like, I don't know what to do with any of this stuff. But I know there's people out there, again, who can't afford to hire a creative director like I have, or do somebody do the images. So if you're that person who is really just sitting there in the beginning going, how do I even begin to think of what I want my brand to be? Are there brainstorming tips you would give people or places they could go to start gathering ideas? Or what would you tell somebody in that position?
1: Yes. So the first uh, tip would be to go to Pinterest because again, it's full of pictures Uh, And you create a secret Pinterest board or any, you know, even if it's public, that's okay. Just create a board with like photography inspiration. You just want to start, you know, collecting all kinds of photos which inspire you personally and as well as your brand. So once you start gathering all these photos, then you have at least a set of 30 to 40 photos to actually study and analyze. Then you sit down and see what's really the pattern that's recurring in these photos. Uh, why do you like them? What attracts you uh, towards them? You know, And if you were to take the same photo, how would you change it for your brand and these kind of things? So once you start analyzing these things, you'll come up with what exactly your brand photography needs to look like. So what props do you want to use and what colors do you want to use in your photos? What backgrounds you know your brand would represent and these kind of things. So I think that would be the starting step. Like first, just start collect inspiration, collect all kinds of photos that really inspire you, and then from there start honing in on your style and um, aesthetic for your particular brand.
0: And can I ask you really quick too? Because I love your site, and I want everybody to go visit Chitra's site because it's called It's. It's pinkpot.com. And we'll put the link in the show notes. But I love your design and your style and your photography that you've put into your um, content there. How did you come up with that for you? And what was kind of your, I guess, brainstorming session where you chose pink and flowers and your clean background?
1: yeah same thing so once i was on pinterest i started collecting all these photos and i knew that i was getting drawn to a particular you know kind of style so one style was i was real i was uh, attracted to was was like really minimalistic mm-hmm. um I, I liked that really minimal clean vibe to my photos but at the same time i didn't I was not all neutral. You know, I love colors. I love bright colors like yellow, pink, and those kind of colors really give me life. So I try to combine these two things into my brand. So my design mantra or whatever you want to call it, it's like minimalistic with a pop of color is what I usually go for. So if you see my photos or designs or whatever it is, it's it's like really white, clean, and minimal and this kind of thing with a little bit of pop of color here and there. Uh, And once I kind of defined that style, I've just stuck to it since then because it really helps build that brand recognition on these uh, social media platforms. Uh, So many times, if you see my photos um, on Pinterest, you will be able to tell it's mine uh, over the years. This has not come by just in the last two months or three months, it's just over the years. It's just now when my audience sees my photo, they're like able to tell, oh, this is from Pinkpot because, you know, they get that vibe immediately. I've had people tell me that they can recognize my photos and that's how I know it. And I think it's because I stick to one style that I honed in on at the beginning.
0: Yeah, I think that's really key too. And that was something that we tried to stick with too, even at Simple Pin was kind of the style and the same font and that same look. And we do use stock photos for a lot of our stuff because we don't take photos, but I think... um I agree with you that when you start to create this branded style and a style that you love, people connect with that too. And we've seen that for a lot of our Pinterest clients is that their type of photography style mixed with their type of font style, they get that recognizable look and people begin to go, oh, I know she has good stuff. I know this is from her. I'm going to click on this and you end up getting more clicks down the line.
1: Exactly. Like, for example, simple pin media. I mean, it's like, that red color with that particular font you use, mix it with the, you know, sans-serif font. It 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 just looks so unique that when you're browsing on Pinterest, once I've come across your brand, the second time I come across it, I know it's yours. Mm -hmm. It's just so like visually relatable that I'll immediately click, oh, I liked Kate's stuff last time and I like her stuff. So I'm going to just go click and it just builds that trust in your mind that, oh, okay, her stuff is good.
0: Yeah. Well,
1: and I think
0: for those, you know, as I've looked in some groups lately, and people have been asking for feedback on images and feedback on their Pinterest images, and how they've laid out their text. I think the thing I would always want to tell them is that this doesn't always happen overnight. It's kind of a trial and error in working out what's going to work best for you and what you love. And I think a lot of people go in and they're like, I created a Pinterest image. What do you think? Can Mm -hmm. I do it? Is it done? Are we done with this section? And I think, I, I want to tell people like it's not just a one and done it really is a like an evolution over time, and you're really working out what works best for you
1: yes yeah i I won't lie. I had to refine it a lot of times before I arrived at what is current uh but again, going forward, it might you know small tweaks will always be there because it's just your brand is evolving and you're changing, so it's okay to change it just don't change it up very often so much that it affects your uh, brand recognition. Like today you use purple and black and tomorrow you're all pink and white and, you know, that kind of a thing. But yeah, it's a very evolving process and it can be frustrating sometimes because you feel like, uh, um, you know, you have the style in your mind and it's not coming out on, you know, the graphic which you're trying to create. So it can be a little frustrating, but it's just a matter of time and you'll arrive at that style.
0: True, true. Okay, so as we kind of round this out and get towards the last minute tips, there was one question I had that I didn't, you know, think to ask you in the beginning, but looking at how the iPhone, you know, it changes and we have the iPhone 7 and iPhone 6, it, can both of those still be used and work really well both 6 and 7 or does one have a disadvantage or an advantage over the other?
1: So, what I've observed is Apple is continuously trying to improve their uh, camera so yes the 7 is better than the 6 but I've also observed that they try to keep it really consistent their upgrades and stuff so there's nothing like oh my god uh, 7 is so different that I don't even know how to use it now that I was using the 6 and 7 is not like a totally different uh, interface or that kind of a thing it's it's really friendly it's easy to pick up it's nothing different Uh, but One thing is uh, the 7 Plus, right, that had two cameras. They introduced dual camera system with the 7 Plus. So there's just one additional feature on the 7 Plus camera, which helps you take bokeh features, uh, bokeh photos more easily. But again, it's the Apple interface, as you've observed, it's like really easy to pick up. It's very user friendly. So I'd say, it's a very fluid and smooth process moving from one version to the other. So it's not difficult at all. And yeah, I try to update my course with any kind of these. uh, If it's required, I always add new things to my course. So my students are always updated with the latest uh, information. Awesome.
0: Okay. Is there any other last minute tips you have for people that you feel like you didn't share?
1: basically just learn the technique, uh, develop your skills in photography so that any camera you use, uh, you'll be able to take high quality photos, you know, despite what features it has, what uh, controls it has, and these kind of things. And another thing is I have uh, a couple of blog posts on my site, which uh, I want to mention here, because they help with budget-friendly photography. So if you're getting started, like, If you're a new blogger, I know like when we're starting out, we have limited resources and you want to keep the expenses low. So uh, I have a post which talks about how to get affordable backdrops for your photos, like under $20. There are lots of backdrop ideas uh, in that post. And also there is another post which gives you lots of ideas to, uh, you know, get props which are inside your house. Like there are so many props. Sometimes we we think like, oh, I need to spend a bunch of money on getting new props and backgrounds. But you just need to look around in your house. And kitchen is the best place. Seriously, it's like you'll find so many good props for your photos in your kitchen. So this post talks about lots of prop prop ideas as well for your photos. So I'll make sure to link these two blog posts in the show notes. Um, That should be, I hope that helps you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that does. And I did hear someone gave me a tip a long time ago. And it was, um, if you needed backgrounds and stuff to go to the craft store to like um, fabric and get those fabric quarters, those fat quarters that you do for quilting. And people said those are really great to use as backdrops for things like underneath plates and stuff if you needed something kind of colorful. Yeah. And, uh, and even going to Party City to get Oh, yeah. Supplies. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is like (laughs) the underworld. Exactly. You you didn't have to go spend all this money at like Crate and Barrel.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, I think some of my favorite places to shop is um, Michael's. Michael's is really, really good. Craft stores. And I think, what's that place called? TJ Maxx? Oh yeah, yeah! They yeah. have a
0: lot of kitchen stuff for inexpensive.
1: Yes, exactly. For like just two, three dollars, you get like, you get really beautiful dishes and cutlery, mm-hmm. and you know, the, yeah, it, it's really so beautiful. Smart. Yeah, so. so smart. Uh, Yeah, I have a shopping guide as well. I have lots of resources, which I'll make sure to link in the show notes, like prop guide, backgrounds guide, and even this shopping guide for props and these kind of things. Yeah. So
0: fun. I love it. Chaitra, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people go to connect with you? And obviously we'll have links in the show notes, but where can they go if they're listening right now and they want to hop over?
1: Yeah. uh, Just go to www.itspinkpod.com. That's my website and you can find everything there. Yeah. Awesome.
0: Thank you so much again. And um, I'm excited to even try using my iPhone (laughs) to see what I can come up with. It will never make it on the blog or anywhere, but maybe it'll make it into like a family photo book or something like that.
1: No, absolutely. I'm sure you'll do a great job. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. Thanks so much
0: for having me, Kate. Thanks. Before Chitra and I recorded this episode, we talked specifically about how we wanted to be talking to those of you who are new to blogging or new to content creation. You're spending a ton of money on courses, you have a lot on your plate, and you're trying to figure out how to take great photos with your camera or with your iPhone, so I'm hoping this podcast gave you some solid tips as to how to use lighting effectively, a tripod, simple foam boards, things that don't cost you a lot of money. And I would really encourage you to do what she said and go to Pinterest to look at what your style is, look at what you want your branding to be and start there instead of just slapping pictures on a wall and hoping they look good or hoping they go viral. So you can go to simplepinmedia.com 60 and we will have all the links to her resources page, her buying guides, and then her course if you want to pick that up. If you're in a position to spend the money, to take that to a deeper level, especially if you don't want to buy a DSLR camera in the future. So again, go to simplepinmedia.com 60. Thanks so much for listening.